0: Today we'll be going through my weekly poll for the first time ever. You'll be able to hear why I asked these questions, what my answers are. And another important thing I wanted to say is that I have not seen the results of these questions. I will be reviewing them live with you guys and sharing my input live with you now on my podcast. The first question was... If you made plans with a friend, but an hour before meeting, you really don't feel like going, do you tell them or go anyways? So 53% of people said tell them and 47% of people said go anyways. I think this is a good time to tell you how many people respond to these polls so that we have a little bit of perspective on what these results actually mean. This poll was answered by roughly 300 people. I think the answer really is it depends on the friend. We all have those friends where we feel so close to them and so comfortable with them that we would be like, sorry bro, I'm not coming today, I'm not feeling it. And we do still have those friends, or at least I know I have some friends still, that I would be a little bit hesitant to cancel on last minute, either from our tendency to please others, that fear of not being a good friend, of letting them down, of wasting their time, whatever it is, that, that talk that kind of overrides what we really want to be doing. It should be everyone's goal in life to surround themselves with people and only have friends that they feel comfortable enough to tell them when they do actually wanna hang out and when they don't, even if it is last minute. I personally believe that friends are one of the only parts of our lives that we really get to choose for ourselves who the people are that we surround ourselves with. And I think that we should try and aim to be around people that we don't feel like we need to please or satisfy their needs over our own. The truth about people pleasing is that the nicer you're trying to be, the more you're doing things for other people and you know neglecting yourself and what's best for you, the more dishonest you're being. So you're actually not being that good of a person by showing up to places or doing things for friends from a place where you feel like it's a condition to your friendship and each little time may not feel like a big deal it might feel like you know I can handle it one more time one more time one more time but I've learned from experience that those small decisions that we make that we neglect ourselves in to put our friend before ourself eventually builds up resentment towards that friend and does actually result in distancing yourself from the friend over time whether you want to or not so that is my answer to this question Okay, this is interesting. If a friend cancels on you an hour before because they're not feeling it, do you get mad or are you chill? So instead of 50-50 here, 84% of people said they would be chill. And I think that says everything. I think that we are willing to give so much more love, acceptance and understanding to people than we assume that they're willing to give us. I think that in many cases we assume that our friends would be mad or upset or angry at us when they really wouldn't be as upset as we think they would. I think that it's important to be that person. I'm definitely that person. My friend can cancel on me 10 minutes before hanging out and I'm like, "Cool mate, see you when see you when you feel like it." But for the people who did say, the 16% of people said that they would be mad, I think you should um, ask yourself why. I, I do get the idea of disrespecting your time and I do understand the idea of you know making a commitment and sticking to that, but do you really want your friends to hang out with you because they're afraid of you being mad at them or do you want them to hang out with you from a choice, from a place of love and not fear? Next question, do you think you're fully responsible for how you feel? So 60% of people here said yes, and 40% of people here said no. I'm going to go ahead and say that 100% you are fully responsible for how you feel, and I think that that is really hard to say out loud because I get it. I get pissed sometimes, and I think other people are responsible for how they make me feel, and I asked this question because I noticed that in an argument I had with my boyfriend, I said to him, you're making me feel insecure right now. You're making me feel um, shitty about myself. And I realized how ridiculous that statement is. You know, he can't make me feel anything. I'm fully responsible for my own emotions. I think that we're not always responsible for why we feel the way we do, but I think we always have the responsibility to bring ourselves to a place of peace, to a place of calm. We can always control at the end of the day how we're feeling if we take ourselves by the hand, with our own responsibility, do not blame other people in external circumstances or situations for making us feel a certain way. I find that way more empowering than carrying the belief that external situations and circumstances and other people can change the way I feel and that I do not have the responsibility to bring myself back to a better place. I would much rather believe that I am fully responsible and take full accountability over my own feelings. So, have you ever had feelings for someone you weren't physically attracted to at first? I am so happy to see that 87% of people said yes here because I'll be honest, I asked this question to prove something to a few of my clients. I have some male clients who I'm talking to about dating and I see how hesitant they are and how skeptical they are to believe that women see past their height and their physical appearance and I totally get it. I think that there are superficial people out there. I think there is a superficial aspect to dating, but from personal experience, and I try to share this with my clients, every single serious relationship I've had, and I've had four serious boyfriends, never started with physical attraction, surprisingly. I never dated someone that was necessarily my type, or what I would find attractive outside of who I choose to be with. And And by asking this question, I wanted to prove that I'm not the only one who, you know, that wasn't a unique experience that I had, that's something that many people have experienced and to kind of empower them through this question. So thank you for answering, I'm happy that that is the case. So if a good friend of yours is active on social media but doesn't like, share, comment on anything that you do, is that a red flag? So 36% of people said yes, it is a red flag, 64% of people said it's not. I am with the minority opinion here. I think it is a red flag. I'm a little bit nervous to share this actually openly. I get why it looks pathetic, and I I get why it sounds pathetic to say, I want my friends to support me online. I don't need my friends to like everything I do. I have a lot of friends who don't even read anything I write, who are not interested in the things I talk about, who love me dearly, who hang out with me and support me in other ways. But I think that people who are active online and on social media, who are your best friends, do show their love and support in some ways. Liking a picture here, commenting on something there, you know, celebrating your wins, texting you, even saying, yo, I saw what you're doing, good job, well done. I think that when someone is not doing it, it may not be deliberate, but they are conscious about it. I do think that there is a level of awareness that goes around not engaging with certain people online. And if it's your closest friends, then in my opinion, that is a red flag. If your average day was broadcasted online, for everyone you know to see, would you be proud of the way you spend your time? 46% of people said yes, and 54% of people said no. So I think that I wanted to get people to think about what they would change about their day to have them answer this question with a yes. And the reason why I would say yes is not because I am maximizing my productivity, I'm always doing something important, I'm always on my A game, it's actually, because I think I have a really good balance of resting and taking time for myself and not letting my inner critic bully me into doing things all day long and balancing productivity and doing what's really important and doing the things that I need to get done. I think once upon a time I thought I have to constantly be doing. My standard for myself of what a good day looks like was so high and I think not doing sometimes takes more effort than doing. I know many people that would find it very hard to nap in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, or stop in the middle of their work day, have lunch, watch something on TV that puts them in a good mood and go back into productivity. I know people that don't take breaks at all, and I think that we underestimate how hard it is to not constantly be pressured to do things that are productive. I would love for people to see how much I balance the practice of chilling and also getting things done and i hope that some of the people who answered no here will think about it differently now that i that i mentioned this because i think that what we see online what we see People showing from their days is that when they're at their best working out, doing the things that they're most proud of. So it gives us this false idea of what a good day looks like. I think a good day is a day where you take time for yourself, where you have moments of stillness with yourself, where you feel fully charged and do the things that fully charge your batteries. And you can also get things done and be proud of yourself and, you know, mark as many things off of your to-do list as possible. Given the circumstances, the context, how you're feeling emotionally, physically, and spiritually, I think it changes on a daily basis. So I think that is what we should all be aiming for. If you're in a shitty mood, does it take you a long time to snap out of it or can you snap out of it easily? So 46% of people said easily, 54% of people said it takes them a long time. I used to be Part of the second camp. It used to take me a really long time to get out of a bad mood. I feel like today I've trained myself and learning more about what our emotions really are and what we can do to control them and how we can map ourselves back to a place of peace and calm. I feel like with a lot of practice, I've come to a place where I can get out of it easily. I want to tell the people who it does take a really long time to get out of the mood that it that that is that that is available to you and that it is possible to snap out of it quickly, that doesn't mean not taking time to fully feel what you're feeling. I think that's another really important part for the people who do snap out of it easily. You always have to leave room to fully feel your emotions, the emotions that you're not letting yourself fully feel, you are suppressing, you are carrying within you, and they will appear elsewhere. So I do take time to feel sad and then I get over it. I take my time to let my anger out, but then I get over it. I try not to let myself get too carried away by the emotion. I try not to bring it in too far deep into my day or into my experience that I'm in, but I do give myself that space and then I bring myself back to a place of peace. I would love to share some of the tools of how I do that in the future. (laughs) Okay. Next question, trigger warning. Here we go. If you could press a button and solve all of the problems in your life right now, would you do it? 71% of people said yes, and that's really disappointing. I don't think that we would actually want to solve all of our problems, and I know this can sound insensitive because I'm sure there are people going through very difficult things, but part of life is accepting life fully and loving life unconditionally and understanding that there is beauty in the struggle and that there is so much that our problems do offer us in a positive way and our negative emotions offer us amazing things as well i think that if this were real you know if we did have an actual button where we could solve all of our problems right now by pressing it it would just eliminate those problems and they would reveal themselves in a different form so I wouldn't press this button. And I'm not just saying that from a place with my current problems. I think even looking back at everything in my life and even the hardest problems I've ever faced, I don't think I would ever choose to not grow through those situations. And I can understand why this sounds insensitive. I'm saying that again, because I'm sure there are people who said yes, who are going through very difficult things. But I hope you take this in a way where it empowers you to see that even in those moments, even in the moment that you're in right now, that seem way too hard to handle. You can trust yourself. You have the power to go through them. I think that you actually will gain so much more going through them than eliminating them by pressing a button. So this one's fun because it's a quote that I read in a book that I loved and 91% of people said that it's true, which is great. I wrote the quote and asked if you think it's true or false. 91% of you said true. The quote is, it's not your fault that you're fucked up. It's your fault if you stay fucked up really proud of the people who said yes, 91% of people said yes, that's really fun to hear. I think that gives me a lot of hope for people because I think the first step of personal growth is taking 100% accountability for everything in your life and forgiving yourself, forgiving your past, forgiving and letting go of things in the past and not bringing them into the present, not you know, blaming external situations or people for changing your ability to live your best life. You always have that choice. You always have that choice to move forward and leave things in the ba- in the past. And I think that that's something that is so important for anyone working on themselves to realize, that they have full freedom. Nothing from the past, no one from the past needs to be carried into the present unless you bring them there. So, well done, guys. It's our job to outgrow and evolve more than our parents, but not our job to judge or try to change them. of people said this is true, 16% of people said this is false. So let's start by why I asked this question. A lot of times I see people who are working on themselves and they get to a point where they've kind of outgrown their parents. I think especially people who have been raised in more traditional households, especially people who have immigrant parents or uneducated parents find themselves at a certain point in life where they have outgrown their parents and they turn around and try to discipline their parent or teach their parent or judge their parent for all the places that they're still doing things wrong or things they did in the past that were wrong with this new level of awareness. I don't think that's our job. I think our job is to show our parents unconditional love and unconditional love comes with acceptance and without any conditions and it provides for a really healthy relationship with our parents we're not here to change them we're here to change ourselves I think that it's important to outgrow them I think that it's important to know what things we want to hold on to that we learned from them but also how to unlearn things that we learned from them but not turn around and start to judge them or point fingers at them they are on their own journey they're on their own path you are on your own it is so much healthier it's so much better for your relationship to just look forward focus on yourself and come to peace with the fact that your parents don't know everything they're just humans like us and have a very compassionate and forgiving attitude towards them do you have a fear of reaching the highest level of success So I asked this question because I recognize that I do. I don't really have that much to say about the results. I just wanna talk a little bit about what that means for me. I think that I'm recognizing that as things go well, that I have new levels of fear of things going well that I was not familiar would show up for me. And I think that fear of failure is something we talk about a lot and we hear about a lot but i think that something that we don't speak about as often is fear of success i think people need to truly truly believe in their value and truly truly believe that it is available to them to be successful to reach the highest level of success for themselves and there is a whole other world of fears that is attached to leveling up and i'm not sure where I'm at in terms of my understanding of how to solve that, but I just wanted to share that with other people and see what they were thinking. This is a follow-up question to that question. Do you feel guilty when everything in your life is going good? 24% of people said yes. 76% of people said no. So I'm really happy that 76% of people said no. Uh, Good to hear. I do feel sometimes that feeling of guilt I think that it comes from a place where you don't feel like I said that a good life is available to you you might feel guilty you might think that um, you might not want to instigate jealousy or have people judge you for things going well for yourself I notice this most when it comes to you know getting in shape or looking my best I think most of my life I was I felt comfortable being relatable from looking like people, looking like a real person. And every time I try to focus on a new goal, to slim down, to get fitter, I find myself quickly running back to my comfort zone, which is eating and not working out because I don't see myself as that person that can have a good body and be in shape and still be likable. Obviously, in my example, it's a very small aspect of my life, but I think that I can see why that would be something that other people experience in other areas of their life. When things are going good, they kind of self-sabotage and take themselves back to a place where they do not feel like they deserve to feel good Um, because it might trigger other people around them or it might be seen as a threat. And that is something that I just wanted an opportunity to talk about again. Like I said the question before it, these are just two things that I've been thinking about lately. Last question. If your dream or goal doesn't come true, is the journey you're on right now worth it? I love this question. I actually saw it on the story of a really good Instagram page called Pool House New York. You should follow them, it's beautiful. And 87% of people said yes that makes me really happy to hear i agree i think that especially after watching the movie soul and i recommend that everyone see it that life is about the journey and i think even if all of my wildest dreams don't come true everything i'm doing right now i can find meaning in it i think that every step of the way is leading you closer to where you're meant to be even if you are on a detour right now i think at a certain point you will realize that you need to go Hard, take a hard right towards where you actually need to be because you've drifted too far. But I don't think that there's any part of your journey that isn't worth it. I think at the end of the day, you have to have this certain level of faith that wherever you are right now, that is where you're meant to be. And really trust that and listen to your inner voice and let it guide you to where, you know, the end of that journey is supposed to be for you.